This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. This episode of Headlock Talk is brought to you by... Austin-based company Naturally Hemp's and their new line of CBD gummies. These gummies are made with 100% baked-in, pharmaceutical-grade, non-isolate-based CBD. What we're talking about here is the entourage effect. The entourage effect refers to the stronger effect you get when combining multiple cannabinoids together, as opposed to just CBD. Full-spectrum CBD, or CBD distillate, tends to be more potent and last longer, which is what we're talking about here. Unlike some other brands that use a spray-on CBD, Naturally Hemp CBD distillate is baked in, so you know you're getting the full dose with each gummy. I personally use them for all kinds of things, like sleep aid or muscle pain. And did I mention they taste great? They got five flavors. Uh, strawberry, green apple, lemon lime, watermelon, and get this, the orange flavor has vitamin C in it. Ooh. So... If this sounds like something you could go for, head over to your nearest Creative Sig vape shop and pick yours up today to see for yourself the difference Naturally Hemp's gummies can make in your life. SummerSlam has finally come and gone, and yet uh, the summer is still here. So grab a frosty cold drink, sit back, and crack this episode open, and hear what Steven and I have to think about it and all of its aftermath. Welcome back, everybody, to Headlock Talk. And hot diggity dog, we are back. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of Headlock Talk. I am, of course, the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt. And, of course, as always, my partner in crime, the man to my right, my right-hand man, and the man with the plan, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. I'm loving that intro. Yeah, it's... That's really nice. <laughs> I hope you like it, Steve. Yeah. Well, um, so today, folks, we've got a jam-packed episode, and we're kind of doing a bit of a return to form. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, we've uh, kind of 
uh, taken a step back and really kind of evaluated. And we, we really want to get back to kind of the segments that we know uh, that uh, really um, and truly you guys appreciate hearing from us. Uh, and I know that we appreciate doing them. So yes. so we're going to kind of bring some of the old school back. Oh, snap. Oh, snap, indeed. <laughs> um, but first, before we dive into this SummerSlam review, I do want to uh, give a brief note here on uh, UFC 241, mm. uh, which was last last night and man what a show really really good fights um i mean i i kind of fancy myself maybe um uh, uh a beginner ufc fan mm. i mean i've watched a lot of ufc right like i've probably i'm not gonna say i'm a hardcore ufc fan i've seen a lot of the shows and i i used to be a fight pass subscriber before um ESPN Plus took it over, mm-hmm. um, and ESPN Plus is nice because you can go back and watch all of the UFC fights, uh, and I think it's like, what, five ninety nine. That's not bad. No. That's not bad Plus, if you get Disney Plus, you get that and Hulu for only twelve ninety nine. I just heard about that, yeah. Which, that's super cool, that's too. That's a crazy good deal, yeah. yeah. But I was fortunate enough to watch it, and I must say the, the three matches that, um, the three uh, bouts, I guess, that headlined the show were all very, very good. Um, uh, Paulo Costa uh, uh, defeated Yoel Romero um, by decision in three rounds. Uh, fantastic back and forth fight. Both these guys are like superhuman. Mm. <laughs> like uh, both have like uh, you know great conditioning. They look like they're bodybuilders, <laughs> you know. Fair enough, um, yeah. But yeah, they they are awesome. They put on a great great fight. Yoel Romero is a, a very much a, a fan favorite. He did go down in defeat here, but, I mean, it was a great back-and-forth bout that could have gone to either man, for sure. Mm. Uh, Nate Diaz made his uh, return after three years uh, to take on uh, Anthony Pettis, who he himself is a great uh, fighter. Um, uh, this match also went uh, to unanimous decision uh, in favor of Nate Diaz, uh, and he put on a great show. He looked a little bit gassed in the first round, uh, but it was still uh, fun nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, what a way to come back after three years. Yeah. That's crazy. He, he looked awesome. Uh, he then called out uh, Masvidal uh, after the match here. He wants a fight there, and I think that would be a really tasty-looking fight. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, the main event. Very important stuff here. Uh, Stipe Miocic. He takes on Daniel Cormier, uh, who is the UFC heavyweight champion. It was rumored that this would be uh, Cormier's last fight. Mm. He's almost 40. He's His back is in a terrible world of pain. Um, but he, he decides to put his title on the line here and give uh, Miocic a rematch uh, from when Cormier won the title. And it looked pretty good for DC uh, through three rounds. Uh, looked like he was going to hold on to it. But then Miocic, you know, uh, the, the amount of punches that he was given uh, Cormier throughout the fight there, they really added up. And, of course, I think Cormier has a big problem when he turns his body, uh, and maybe in a defensive manner, uh, because it kind of catches him off guard. Miocic was able to take advantage of it and KO him against the cage. Uh, just moments later. Uh, so Miocic, you know the the your new UFC heavyweight champion. Oh snap! Perhaps one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Yeah, big fan of his. Yeah, I wasn't able to catch this show, but my my coworker Austin, big UFC fan, uh, mm. he was raving about it. 
uh, saying how how good the show was going to be. And uh, I think after after talking to you and, and uh, looking at some of it online, I think I'm going to have to check the show out. It's I, good. I don't watch a lot of UFC. Uh, I'm not not a fan, uh, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't call myself a fan necessarily yeah. just because I don't catch it too much. What I do see, I I do enjoy. I just don't really go out of my way to watch it necessarily. No. Yeah, well, right, and that's fair for sure. I mean, what I would say is to to subscribe to maybe ESPN Plus or get that nice bundle deal that they have. You um, know, I, I probably am going to get that bundle deal. Right, and you can go back through their catalog and kind of watch it. If you give it just a few months, they'll probably put it on there so you can watch it through their back catalog too. Yeah, I might have so, to do that. So, yeah, highly recommend that for sure, though. Um, but uh, let's move along to matters we are more famous for covering. Yes. Of course, WWE SummerSlam. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, SummerSlam, an interesting show, to, to say the least. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I was really kind of down on most of the undercard, mm-hmm. uh, but there were definitely some bright spots here. So let's kind of take a deep dive in here. Uh, the opening match here was Becky Lynch taking on Natalia in a submission match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Um it was a surprising split crowd. I think WWE was kind of hoping for the Toronto crowd to maybe more or less cheer uh, more heavily towards Natalia, mm-hmm. perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what they were going for there. Um, just because, you know, we watch a lot of WWE. We can kind of read between the lines on some of the the decisions uh, of how the match is going to go and kind of the momentum of the match. And it almost seemed like uh, some of the bigger, more drawn-out spots were given to Natalia, uh, specifically mm. for specifically to give the crowd the opportunity to really put her over heavily. Um I don't know if it did the full effect that they were hoping for necessarily just because the love for Becky is very strong uh, almost anywhere you go. Yeah. So uh, like you said, it was very split crowd. I do think that they were trying to give Natalia some of the bigger spots. Um, But I mean, all in all, it was a decent match. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, there was a there was a unique spot where um, Becky tried to put on the sharpshooter, mm-hmm. and that definitely got a lot of heavy boos. Yes, um, you know, but uh, old... which booing for Becky? I'm not used to. That's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of crazy. It was it was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, then of course, when Natalia puts on the sharpshooter, the crowd is all for it. You know, it's a it's a it's a member of the Hart family mm-hmm. using the sharpshooter in Canada. Of course, it's going to be over. Right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good match. Uh, definitely some nice spots. I did like the the moment where they were like trading their submissions uh, mm-hmm. with, with Becky hitting the sharpshooter and uh, Natalia going for the disarm her. Um, definitely some cool spots. Oh, uh, where they trade? Yeah, they traded back each other. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I do want to say though, uh, I saw this particular spot in the match get a lot of love, mm. and I really didn't like it personally. Oh. And this was the spot with Natalia hitting the sharpshooter through the middle turnbuckle. Oh yeah. Um, I thought it was weird. I, I thought it was yeah. awkward. Uh, I don't think it was done very well, in my opinion. Hmm. I saw a lot of people online saying that, like, oh, my God, like, this is WWE. Like, this is what we come for and, and everything like that. And, I mean, it was fine. It, it didn't necessarily take away from the match. Yeah. Didn't, but at didn't the, get your motor running. Yeah, it didn't add anything for me. Yeah. I was just like, okay, cool. That was the spot. I, I don't know if it was the, this, uh, like, 
ungodly moment that some people online were talking about, but it, it was fine. Yeah. The match was good, though. Yeah, it, it was very decent. Of course, Becky Lynch uh, gets the win with the Disarmor here, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, that match went about uh, just uh, over 12 and a half minutes. Uh, very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely uh, definitely expected Becky to come out here the victor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was always in the cards, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but uh, definitely a more solid showing from Natalia, especially in her home country. Yeah, for sure. And a submission match to open up the card is kind of a weird decision for me. Mm-hmm. But I think they did it. I think they did it well. It was a good opener for the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, the next match preceding it here. Uh, Are we doing star ratings? Uh, do you want to do star ratings? Yeah, we can do star ratings. Okay. Yeah. We we uh, uh for those listening here, tune in Tuesdays on Brain Buster Radio where we've got the G one mm-hmm. uh, uh finals. Uh, review show, and we actually don't do star ratings. Right. So, you know, maybe a little bit of a trade-off here. Uh, maybe let us know on Twitter, at Headlock Talk, which you prefer more. Do you prefer the star ratings, or, or do you just really not care too much for them? I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Just, just uh, let us know what, what y'all think, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, we would love to hear the feedback. Yeah. Uh, I did give this match three stars. Good match. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it as well. I think three stars is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Definitely an above-average match. Um, you know, considering you know Natalia doesn't get too many of these big moments here, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, she really showed out. So it was a it was a good opener. Yeah, definitely uh, one of the better women's submission matches I've seen. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got uh, Goldberg mm-hmm. uh, facing off with Dolph Ziggler up next. Sort of, sort of, <laughs> kind of. Um, this was interesting. Um, this was a squash match if I've ever seen one. Well, so here's my problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, you put this so early in the card that it almost gives you no levity throughout the rest uh, mm. uh, up until, like, the last few matches. So, I mean, if it was me, I would have actually put this second to last before um, Seth and Goldberg. Yeah, not Seth and Goldberg. Seth and Brock. Mm-hmm. Breck Losner. Breck Losner. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, I would have. I would put, actually put this second to last, uh, just so that way you can get the crowd hyped um, and get them kind of revved up for the main event. Because Goldberg comes out and he gets this huge ovation. Right, um, uh, Ziggler comes out before the match. Uh, cuts an awesome heel promo where he's like, you know, y'all, y'all don't deserve me. I and then he goes on to say like, I'm the best pro wrestler in the world. <laughs> well, a yes, laughable. <laughs> um, no disrespect to, to Dolph, he's very, very good. Dolph's a great wrestler, but <laughs> don't be saying things like that, man. Uh, especially where I had a weekend where I got to watch Okada versus Ibushi. Like, Seriously. don't don't tell me this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but more seriously here, uh, best pro wrestler. He not sports entertainer, not uh, that is a good point, Tanner. Yeah, not not anything else. Uh, they let him say pro wrestler, and then on the next night on Raw, he said it again. I'm the best pro wrestler. Huh. Uh, so I'm confused as to what you're trying to tell me now, WWE. Are you okay with paying the taxes that comes with being a, a professional sport again, or are you just ribbing me here? Hmm. Uh, yeah. I. 
Dude, that went completely over my head. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's an interesting yeah, point. My my jaw dropped when he said that. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like huh. that's that's so weird that he would say that. Yeah. Um. But of course, uh, you know, the security goes out to Goldberg's locker, bangs on the door. Goldberg, you know, comes out looking like the the badass that he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, great shape. He, he's in he's in super yeah. good shape. Excellent shape. Um. And he just murders Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah just, like, just murders him, like, a few times, actually. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Dolph, um, he he gives Goldberg a super kick right away. Goldberg kicks out at one. Um, uh, a second super kick by Ziggler. Once again, uh, a, a quick kick out by Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg then, you know, just shrugs everything off. Spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. That's the win. Yep. Uh, Goldberg starts to leave. Ziggler says that um, you hit like a baby yeah. or, or something along those something lines. Something to that effect. Um, and then uh, he's still selling the spear and jackhammer. Uh, Goldberg comes back out. Uh, another uh, spear. Um, leaves the ring again. Celebrates. Ziggler gets back on the mic one more time, so it's like stop and go. And I'm yeah. like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, Goldberg comes back out, gives him a huge spear. Yeah. And then um, cuts that man in half. <laughs> yeah. And then leaves proudly um, from the ring. Um, again, uh, very very odd placement putting this here. Again, yes. I would have put it second to last just because the crowd reaction. They really wanted to see Goldberg. Um, so with that, maybe in hindsight, putting that at the end of the card would have been better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's probably a, a much better place uh, for it. Um, the match itself was fine. It, yeah. it was super quick. Uh, yeah. Definitely a squash match for sure. Uh, I'm giving it uh, bonus points just for comedic value, really. Uh, just because Ziggler, <laughs> like, rolling on the ground, obviously defeated, going on the mic and being like, oh, you hit like a baby, and, you know, bring it on, old man, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and then Goldberg coming out multiple times and just shutting him up. It was pretty funny. So It, it was great. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm uh I'm giving that one two and a half uh for the the match itself. Um, now I will say whole package probably about three stars from for comedic value alone. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah, about two and a half is fine because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't even really a match. It was just like right. It was just an ass kicking. It was kind of just a moment. Yes, you know, very much a moment kind yeah. of thing. Yes, which uh, you know for better or worse, there's nothing wrong with that. Backstage. We get the New Day uh, doing a, a promo, uh, hyping Kofi versus Randy Orton later that night. Mm. Um, we have uh, Xavier Woods, who is looking like Stevie Wonder. Uh, <laughs> uh, he is uh, with Big E. They tell Kofi that they have a special guest. Uh, a special uh, gift for him that uh, since they're in Toronto tonight, they brought in Drake. Mm. And of course, it's it's not the the Drake that you think it is. Yeah. Instead, it of course is Drake Maverick. Yes. Uh, looking the most famous Drake there is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, dressed in uh, I believe it was like a basketball jersey and a hat and shorts and whatever. 
you know, uh, you know, trying to rap, I guess. Um, Kofi is like, that's, that's not Drake. Uh, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I've been wait, I've been waiting a decade for this match with Randy. You know, let's, let's go and get this. Yeah. Right? I, I don't understand uh, WWE's fascination with rap. Uh, they, they keep <laughs> trying to make white guys rap and, and it's, uh, yeah. it's always cringy, but funny. Yeah. You know? It's one of those kind of Vince McMahon kind of humor type yeah. things. Yeah. Very strange. Um, it was funny, though. It was, it was funny. Yeah. I will say that. Um, we do get AJ Styles versus Ricochet up next. Mm. Again, strange placement for, for, for this one here as well. Absolutely. Um, it, it was a fine match. Um, but they didn't just let them kind of go kind of like how, um, I thought they might want to do. Yeah. Um, this was more of a scientific WWE kind of match. It's a bit of a conundrum there, but, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, a lot more psychology heavy than it was action heavy, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, it was a good match for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously both guys are fantastic wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some good spots. Um, my main problem with this match is it almost felt like, like literally right as they were getting into second gear or, or possibly third gear, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, uh, I would it, say getting into third gear. Yeah, uh, it ended right there, mm-hmm. uh, right as it was about to get really good. Uh, I really think that even just an extra like two minutes, maybe three minutes for this match would do it a lot of justice. Because uh, it, it almost felt incomplete Because uh, it, it ended very quickly What we did see was a good match For sure uh, But I do think if they had just that extra little bit of time It would have uh, bumped it up into that 4 star category Yeah, I mean it was it was definitely a solid 3 for me Definitely a solid 3 for me um, Both men put on a great show It definitely wasn't their best match It wasn't close to what their potential could be mm-hmm. um, But I did like the finish where Ricochet tried to do a maneuver um, And then Styles was able to hit like a leaping Styles clash almost Right um, Which was awesome um, I really did think that Ricochet would win the title back here, but maybe this is part of a longer story here. I don't yeah. know. Hey, I'd be down for it. Mm-hmm. Every time they've gotten in the ring together, it's been a good match. So um, I'm excited to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricochet, of course, was also uh, notably wearing uh, what you said was uh, some Nightwing it, it kind of esque like, gear. Uh, yeah, it looked like a Nightwing outfit. Yeah, interesting stuff. Um, I didn't like it yeah. uh, personally. Uh, if that is what they were going for, uh, I'm not the biggest fan. Uh, I prefer him in the the shiny white that he was wearing. I, I think mm-hmm. he looks. I think he looks great in that. Well, but well, and and, and this, I mean, we're we're fighting about a tire. Like it doesn't matter. But. R- right. But at the same time, I feel like, and maybe this is me being a bit like, um, uh, not jealous, but like, look, if I was in the shape that Ricochet's in. I wouldn't be wearing a shirt when wrestling. Yeah, I'd be for like, sure. Be like, look at me, look, at, <laughs> look at, look at how glorious my body is. Well, plus he's got a lot of cool tattoos. Yeah, too. he does have some very cool tattoos. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's kind of a missed opportunity to put that on him. I don't know. It, it was fine. We're yeah. like I said, we're arguing about a tire. It doesn't yeah. matter. But I, I guess they're taking this whole like real life superhero thing very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we saw it with, you know, uh, Gargano does that often. And then we also saw it with, um, I guess not really superhero necessarily, but um, with Alexa Bliss on, in the pre-show. She was wearing her that 
excuse me, that Buzz Lightyear outfit. It's um, not really superhero, yeah. but it, it's pop culture, you right? Know? And they're they're starting to do a little bit more of that. And then, of course, you've seen uh, <coughs> Mustafa Ali with the the Iron Man esque stuff sometimes. So right, right, know. yeah, yeah. I could see that. I don't I, know. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people doing that kind of stuff now. Eh, I'm fine with it. It's whatever. Yeah, it was all right. Um, uh, Al, uh, so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> words and stuff. Words and stuff. <laughs> Lost my place here. Um, we're treated to uh, one of the the most accidentally amazing promos of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I loved it here. Uh, Street Profits kind of doing a, a bit of a narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, backstage, and uh, Ric Flair, the the King of Drip, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> comes out here, and uh, yeah, seriously, uh, please make this happen. Yeah, uh, if if and when the Street Profits get called up, they need to have Ric Flair as their manager. Absolutely, like, please make this happen. Yeah, th- just that that like minute and a half promo made me so hype about that possibility. Like right. they. They have such good chemistry, and you know Ric Flair is really known for that, that like crazy, like wow, well, let's get it, like that yeah. kind of stuff. And Street Profits are really good about that like, too. They fed off that energy. They they fed off each other so well, and it was just hilarious and exciting. And uh, I really hope that that's not a one off, and that they they continue with that or do something with it because it is great. It is awesome. I really, really enjoyed that. Five stars for that promo. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't disagree here, my friend. That was awesome. Um, We are then treated to Bailey taking on Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's title. Steven, Mm -hmm. what did you think of this match? Um, It was fine. It it was a fine match. Um, It was was okay. Yeah. um, So my main... The the thing about this match is it, similar to the AJ Styles Ricochet match. It almost ended uh, like right as they were switching gears. Um, th- they were doing some good spots. Um, they did kind of look a little, almost like they didn't have a lot of practice on this match mm. very much. Uh, they they were kind of confused <clears throat> as to what was gonna happen next, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it just kind of abruptly ended. Uh, before anything big really happened, so I don't know. I mean, I like Bailey. I like Ember Moon. They're both good wrestlers. Uh, I again, I think this match probably would have benefited from just a little bit more time, just a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and this is another thing too. If you go back and rewatch the show, uh, back to the point with you know the Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler kind of thing mm-hmm. um you'll notice in both the Ricochet match uh with AJ Styles and then this match preceding it here the crowd is just like already burnt right like it's it's almost dead quiet throughout the entire uh, duration of both of those matches mm-hmm. which really kind of sucks um you know they WWE kind of just gave you what you wanted just right out of the gate just to see Bill Goldberg and then you just get the crowd sitting there for these two next matches yeah. and that, that that was really kind of disappointing um it it made for the the watching at home kind of frustrating too because mm-hmm. I was already like what the hell is this um, which I shouldn't feel like that because this was a fine match. I, I, I probably gave it about two and a quarter, uh, decent average match. Nothing yeah. wrong with it per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bailey won with the belly to belly off of the middle rope, which was uh, 
very good maneuver, but there was just the crowd was just not awake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I ended up giving this match two and a half. Uh, it, it was a decent match. Uh, nothing really in the terms of like crazy spots, uh, but again, nothing really in the terms of like bad necessarily. Right. Uh, it, it was just very. Um, what's the word? It, it was just kind of slow for a little bit, and yes. then it ended, which uh, I. I really think that it was going in the right direction for mm-hmm. sure. And if they had given it just that little bit more time, it would have been a lot better. But yeah, two and a half for this one. I think both these uh, ladies deserved a lot better for yeah. sure. Um, I will say uh, Ember Moon in a title match on a pay-per-view. Awesome. Yes. Do that more often. Ember Moon's great. Yeah. Amber, Ember Moon was very, very good here mm-hmm. tonight. Um, oh, God. Following here, uh, we had... Kevin Owens' career at stake against Shane McMahon. Yup. <laughs> um, <clears throat> again, the crowd it was just not up for it that much. Um, the match itself, but they were really hyped for Kevin Owens. They were 110% behind him the whole way through. Huge pop when he came out, too. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Shane uh, declared that Elias would be the special enforcer here for the match. Steven's shaking his head. <clears throat> Steven, say something. My, my 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 throat. You gotta say something, man. I gotta I'm, clear it. Man, I don't know. The, this match was. I mean, we we said it before in the in the SummerSlam uh, like preview that I'm I like the storyline that they were going with here, and yeah. I think they did a, I they did a great job building the match. I do think that, um, but it's just another Shane McMahon match. Uh, I knew there was going to be shenanigans because of Elias as the special guest referee or special enforcer or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I kind of got what I was expecting here. It, it was mm. it was a lot of shenanigans. Um, good stuff from Kevin Owens for sure. Uh, his stunner is beautiful. He he does a great stunner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it was a Shane McMahon match. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, well, and and. The other thing, too, I mean, the, the story of the match is you have Elias as a special enforcer outside. He keeps tripping up Owens and causing a distraction. So Owens comes out of the ring. He starts jawjacking with Elias. He comes back into the ring realizing, oh, man, I I, the, the, I was at the nine count. I, I almost lost my career here, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's that multiple times throughout the match. He then leaves, goes out of the ring to get a steel chair, and, and he's like... Uh, you know, I'm going to hit Shane. And it's like, okay, well, that's kind of dumb. That's also the end of your career right mm-hmm. there. So the ref then takes the chair away from Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens uh, then uses this as an opportunity to hit a low blow on Shane mm-hmm. and hit the stunner for the win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was good because Kevin Owens was highly entertaining. Um, but in the same regard, it's like, did I need Elias being there constantly making the distraction on Kevin Owens? Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it did detract from the match a little bit for me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially after seeing, um, I mean, uh, granted I did see this before the G1 final, mm-hmm. um, but after seeing the, the spot or the, the way that, uh, Gato played out his part in, mm-hmm. in, uh, the G1 finals match mm-hmm. and just doing 
doing shenanigans, but, but it was in a, very select. It was very select, very subtle, yes, and, and was done in a way that actually added to the match. Yeah, it was done very appropriately. Exactly. Uh, this was shenanigans that did nothing but hinder the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. You know, Shane's not the greatest wrestler. Everyone knows that. No. You know, everyone knows what? that. But <laughs> Shane can can put on good matches given the right time, given the space, and with the right person. Mm-hmm. So I think if they had just let Kevin Owens and Shane go at it, shenanigans aside, no steel chair, Elias go go in the locker room, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Or at least, like, if you're going to bring Elias out, like, make him, like, jump out through the crowd like, mm. while the ref is, like, down or something. And then, yeah. like, s- smash up Kevin Owens and lay him out on the outside. Right. And then, well, yeah, because, like, the moment that they were like, oh, yeah, Elias is going to be special <laughs> guest referee, you instantly knew what kind of match you were getting. Yeah. You know? 100%. And, and like, leave something to be desired. Like, don't mm-hmm. don't put all the pieces in front of me. Mm-hmm. And because WWE is a very straightforward promotion almost. Yeah. So, like, if you give me all the pieces, me watching wwe for so long i know what you're giving me right no absolutely so yeah um i gave this match one and a half uh i, I wow. really was not about it um kevin owens deserves better than this um mm-hmm. I, i'm tired of the shenanigans uh I, i'm i don't know i i gave it about two and a quarter i actually i, I uh, admittedly i do somewhat like the chemistry that kevin owens and shane mcmahon have mm-hmm. I, I, it's not the greatest, but I do think that in ring wise, they have decent enough chemistry, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not Kenny and Okada, obviously it's not Gargano Ciampa, but there's something there. Yeah. I mean, um, I definitely which, agree which with you. Interesting. But with, with Elias there, they weren't given that space. Mm-hmm. It was just like, here's the kind of match it was, it's going to be. It, it wasn't, I don't know. Very disappointing match mm-hmm. for me. Um, going into the next match here, we get Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, a battle of generations. And really, in, in all truthfulness, uh, truthfulness, in all honesty, yeah. um, a, a pretty good match, actually. Um, I, I really liked it, um, but sadly, again, the crowd is just not awake. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Trish coming out, uh, as previously noted. I mm-hmm. mean, um, this match actually was the longest match on the card, uh, second longest actually. Um, pretty decent though. It, it was it, as as far as Trish's swan song goes. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I might get <laughs> I might get some hate for this. Uh, the match really didn't do much for me. No. No. Hmm. Um. It, it was a very slow match. Uh, there were some cool spots with the uh, the figure four and everything like that, but it, it was very slow for mm. me. And again, it was in first gear, you know, almost the entire time. And you know, going up to sixteen minutes forty seconds in what I consider first gear makes for a, uh, I mean, honestly, a pretty boring match for me. Mm. Okay. That, that's just how I feel. Hey, no, I mean, that's fair. Uh, that's definitely fair for sure. You uh, know, I do like Charlotte. I do like Trish. Um, and it was cool see, to see Trish again. You know, uh, I, I saw a lot of her when I was watching as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to see that. Charlotte, of, of course, is a fantastic wrestler. Uh, very good fundamentals and everything. But uh, just the momentum of the match really didn't do it for me. 
Yeah, I mean, and I definitely get that. It, it was a bit odd, um, kind of, somewhere in the middle of the match, there was a This Is Awesome chant just kind of comes out of nowhere, so it was like, so you guys are, wait, uh, like, like you guys are quiet for 11 minutes and then just randomly bust out with a This Is Awesome chant? Right. Like, that's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know. Um, I, I liked it okay. Um, again, this is a nice kind of uh, farewell for Trish, because this is definitely possibly her last match here definitely possibly definitely possibly <laughs> uh, uh she got a, a nice send off here with uh thank you trish chance mm-hmm. uh which we're, we're we're good to see here um I, I actually i would give this about uh two and three quarters again this is this was a fine match that's funny because uh, we we explained the match in two different ways but i also gave it two and three quarter huh. um it, it was a fine match um like, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I was expecting a little bit more. Mm. Uh, I know how good Charlotte is. I know how good Trish is. And uh, it, they stayed in their first gear, which they're great wrestlers. So their first gear is still decent. But right. uh, if you give me 16 minutes, almost 17 minutes of just first gear, I don't care what wrestler it is. It could be Kenny Omega Okada. You give me 16 minutes of, of first gear. And I'm not gonna really enjoy it, mm. you know. It, it leads to just a very, very boring match. But mm. two and three quarter. I mean, it wasn't a terrible match. So no, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. Um, following this, we have Bret Hart come out uh, with a little segment with Seth Rollins. Yeah, uh, which was interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> considering the timing of this here, we just saw Bret Hart actually on the AEW show. See, I was expecting to never see Bret Hart with anything WWE again. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Huh. Not not in the sense that like he's like, oh fuck WWE, I'm never going back there. AEW is the future. I was just expecting the AEW thing to kind of just be the last thing he did, really. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean it it was funny because I mean it's like uh he, he presented this like huge like awesome looking belt for AEW and then mm-hmm. it's like well Seth don't forget you're fighting for the universal title tonight and I was like that thing looks like shit compared yeah. to the- <laughs> compared to that beautiful beautiful belt yeah. right like don't get me wrong I still think the IWGP title is the most beautiful title that there is mm. but that AEW one though yeah that one looks very very uh close second yeah, it's definitely a good belt. You made a really funny quip uh, when we were watching where he was like, Hey, Seth, did you, did you see that, that belt that I presented at AEW? It's pretty sweet, huh? Pretty sweet. Bet you bet you wish you could be fighting for that yeah. right now. Jeez. It was pretty funny. Uh, the next match here, um, I... Uh... Extremely disappointing. Let me just say that right out of the gate. Um I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, Kofi versus Randy Orton. This was actually one of the matches I was most looking forward to on this card here. This I thought... was my most looked forward to match of mm-hmm. the card for sure. And, and I hate for us to sound like a broken record, but we've said this a lot more before. But it, you have to motivate Randy Orton to show up. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this would be an occasion where he felt motivated to show up. 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, this match was very much a by-the-basics Randy Orton match, mm-hmm. which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Randy Orton's a great performer, but it didn't add any caliber to like making it feel special. Right. Um, this match ended also in a controversial fashion here, right. as they were both on the outside of the ring. Uh, Randy is beating up Kofi in front of his family, mm-hmm. and uh, Orton's like staring down like uh, Kofi's wife and his kids, and like Kofi gets pissed, starts beating the hell out of Orton, and then the ref, not on camera. Counts to ten and rings the bell. Right. So apparently, this whole time he was just counting. Uh, right. Unbeknownst to us. Right. You know, to the viewer at home, we're like, "What is this? A disqualification or what? Right. The count out? What happened?" Well, yeah, I thought you it know. was a DQ at first, and, and so I was asking myself, like, "Well, what did either of them do to right. get DQ'd?" And then you were like, "Oh, it was a count out," and I was like, "I would have never gotten that." Right. It's like that. I mean, that was the only logical explanation because we didn't see the ref counting in one frame once that I can recall. Right. right. Uh, so this was very, very strange. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the match itself, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, Randy Orton's a great performer. Uh, Kofi Kingston's really coming into his own as a WWE champion. Uh, they're both honestly really solid right now. Um, but uh, again, the, the match itself was a little slow. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, uh, I would I I want a little bit more. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know if I'm being unfair by saying that, but I don't think you are. Um, th- I mean, this definitely sets up for the rematch, which is fine. But do that on Raw or SmackDown. Like, why put why put this <clears throat> match at SummerSlam? Like, I I understand that it's you know with with Randy Orton. Uh, beating Kofi in front of his family and Kofi flipping out on him. Yeah. That, that's really good fuel for a rivalry. Yeah. It is. But do that on Raw. Like, I don't need to see that kind of match at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. You know? See, what I would like is to see, like, the return of psychotic Randy Orton, yeah. where he, like, gets pissed because Kofi, like, you know, kicked his ass after the match, right? And then Orton starts getting... Kofi's family involved, kind of like what Rhett Orton did with like uh, Triple H, and then to a lesser extent Bray Wyatt. Mm. Um, like yeah. really make Orton just you like want him this... to com- commit arson again? Yeah, maybe not arson. <laughs> like not burn down Kofi's house. Yeah. Like you know, I've kidnapped your family and burned your house down. <laughs> oh my god! Some, like taking shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, Orton flees the country, but then Kofi has to, like, find him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he finds him in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Super showdown. Yeah, that that, that would be quite the setup. Yeah. yeah. You, you see, like, like <laughs> Ert, Orton's, like, just randomly, like... In Saudi Arabia, in like a sheik's garb, yeah. and then like there's like just like this random like camera guy like a shot of him like walking in the airport with Kofi's family looking yeah. like a sheik. <laughs> it's like Kofi finally finds him. Man, I might actually watch Super Showdown if that's the case. Yeah, that would be a great angle. <laughs> oh my god, it's like some Vince Russo shit. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I I gave this here about one and a half, like. Orton was not motivated. Kofi was Kofi tried really hard. Um 
and the just the confusion around the ending, the crowd chanting bullshit. That was just it was just not good. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a solid one and a half for me as well. Uh, I I was really expecting this to be very good. Uh, it, it was the one match that I was looking forward to the most on the SummerSlam card, and uh, they. They played the angle too heavily with mm-hmm. uh, with Kofi's family, and that really became the focal point of the match. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, the focal point should have been just great wrestling from two great wrestlers. Uh, but unfortunately, that's not the story that they wanted to tell with the match. So nope. Yeah. But let's talk about something that really lifted some spirits here. Oh man, it was so cool. <laughs> we get uh, the fiend. Of Bray Wyatt taking on Finn Balor. Finn Balor comes out. It does his normal entrance. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Wah. Yeah, the, the fans. Wah. Yeah, with their their arms stretched out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we get the uh, the Firefly Funhouse music, mm-hmm. and then it kind of like gets like distorted and drowned out. Mm-hmm. And then you get like like a death metal remix version of Bray Wyatt's normal music. Yep. And then the fiend is walking out with Bray Wyatt's head as a lantern with yep. his eyes sewn shut. It was so metal. It was brutal. I was at this point I was like, I don't think I dropped acid before watching this. Like I I was <laughs> I was like, what am I even doing right now? Like Dude, it was so good. It, it was it is one of the best comebacks. Yeah. And, and uh, reintroductions of a character that I've ever seen in my life. It, it's good that uh, that Finn wasn't wearing white trunks that night, uh, because his facial expression would have made you thought that those white trunks turned brown real quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was like the fiend came across as super brutal. There was a neck snap spot at one point mm-hmm. that was like, oh my god, what am I even watching? And then uh, the mandible claw is enough to secure a pinfall here for Bray. Yeah, it looked um, like it looked like the fiend committed murder, yeah. like in the ring. It. Uh, Leave no bones about it. This was a squash match, like, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Uh, but honestly, in, like, the best way possible, it, it was a really, really good un- introduction of The Fiend, a really good first match. Um, yeah, there, Finn Balor did sell everything extremely well, especially mm-hmm. the, the uh, like, the absolutely terrified look that he had uh, right as the match was starting. Oh, it was great. Yeah, there were immediately people wanting, uh, like, Fiend versus Brock. And, I mean, we tweeted that out. We're like, yeah, Fiend versus Brock, like, go ahead and put it in my veins. Yes, please. Like, <laughs> like that was awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, well, probably the highlight here of, of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say maybe in an ideal world, um, you would have maybe put this earlier in the match, maybe swapped places here with the Goldberg thing. I still um, think that would be too early. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this match would have been a, a little better suited mm-hmm. uh, in the mid card, uh, like mm-hmm. like smack dab in mm-hmm. the middle of the card, uh, just because a lot of the matches in the middle of the card were, uh, you know, as you just listened, um, they were fine. They were fine. You know, and so something to uh, get the crowd a little bit more uppity, uh, a little bit more behind uh, the show, I think would have done it a little bit more justice for the show mm-hmm. overall. However, 
this segment was so awesome that I it really doesn't even matter where it was. It, mm-hmm. it was great as its own thing. I, I would have maybe here. Here's maybe what I would have done. I would have done probably AJ and Ricochet open up the match here, uh, or open up the night. Maybe give them 16 minutes to go. Uh, which I think would have been better. Um, and then maybe do, you know, Becky versus Natalia after that. Mm-hmm. You know, cool it down maybe just ever so slightly with Bailey and Ember Moon. Then put Kevin Owens, Shane. Then Fiend versus, you know, or, or maybe either Fiend versus Balor or the Kevin Owens Shane McMahon match. Mm-hmm. Maybe layer it a little bit like that. Yeah. But then keep the continuity. Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus, uh, Kofi versus uh, Randy, and then put Goldberg versus Dolph, and then the main event. For sure. Yeah, that, that definitely would have come off a lot better. But, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, j- just uh, going to say, bell to bell, match gets three stars for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really good squash match. Uh, maybe three and a half. I'm giving it three and a half, bell to bell. Okay. Um, whole package, I'm giving it four stars, though. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would say yes. Three three stars I feel is is, is pretty solid for mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, it's it's actually getting it's actually getting a lot out of what's a definitely a a, a genuine squash match yeah, here for sure between the two. Uh, but of course, as mentioned just a moment ago, main event time here: Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. Um, I do have a few gripes about it, but this was actually a lot better than expected. Absolutely, yeah. No, th- this was uh. Way better than I was thinking it was going to be, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just, cause, I mean, I <laughs> I don't lie about how I feel about Brock. I really don't like him. I wish he wasn't there. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, this is this is one of the best Brock matches that I've seen, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the modern era of Brock Lesnar. Uh, definitely the best match that him and Seth Rollins have had, for sure. Um, but my main gripe with it, of course, is... Brock Lesnar and the move sets that he chooses to go with, it's very minimal. Which mm. I, I don't know. That's a gripe for me. It might not be a gripe for someone else. But when you have a guy that's supposed to be as big as Brock Lesnar is in terms of like popularity mm-hmm. and uh, being a great wrestler, I expect more than three or four moves from him. But it is what it is. There were some cool spots uh, with Rollins jumping off the top rope in, uh, into the announcer table. Uh, through Brock, that was really good. Um, the the multitude of stomps at the end was really good. Um, so I'm giving this match three and a quarter. Hmm. Uh, I I actually really enjoyed the match surprisingly. Okay. Um, I, uh, I I'm actually very conflicted about it for some of the things that that the points that you just raised here, Stephen. Right. So like I thought it was a very good match. It was very high paced mm-hmm. in a surprising sense here. I don't know if they were trying to like convey that just Seth has adrenaline pumping or what it was mm-hmm. um, if that was supposed to be what they were doing uh, then you know maybe the commentary team could have done a much better job about conveying that here uh, because Seth Rollins uh, perpetually falls into this trap that a lot of baby faces in WWE do where it's like okay you're going to sell when you're actually having moves done on you but you don't sell even after the fact when you're actually doing moves, right? So, yeah. so you know, if your ribs are to the point where you were coughing up blood, right, which he was on Raw, they, they, they did that. Yep. Um, why are you doing the triple dive out to the outside? 
Why are you jumping off of the top turnbuckle? Because it's SummerSlam, Tanner. I, I know, but if you do that, can you at least just be like, oh my god, my ribs. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I think I might die. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, something like that. And, and tease the 10 count. Give me something a little bit more to show that this means more. Yeah. Right? Uh, but uh, in, in all honesty, I love the pacing of it. Um, and uh, I really didn't think that uh, that Rollins was going to reclaim the, the Universal title. Mm-hmm. After a couple of F5s, I was like, he's done. Like, this is this is done. And he kept kicking out. Yeah. So uh, Rollins lived up to his guarantee here. He did uh, win the Universal title back. Uh, so good for Seth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good match. In, in all honesty, this is what the WrestleMania match should have been. Yes. So I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. This is definitely what the Universal title match should have been. Um, so overall, um, I would say a thumbs in the middle, uh, maybe slightly pointing upwards, Mm -hmm. uh, show, um, definitely worth checking out at least for the Rollins, uh, and, uh, Brock Lesnar match here. Uh, the styles and, uh, Ricochet match was also, uh, very, very good. Yeah. So, um, if, uh, if you want to catch a clip of that, uh, Fiend match as well, cause Mm -hmm. it's a really awesome moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and uh, just to kind of give you a brief little bit of the aftermath here of kind of what happens on Raw the next night, uh, let's play uh, an old favorite here. One of our original games, Wordplay. Ooh. So uh, this is a fill-in-the-blank kind of game here uh, where we bring up a topic. Uh, of course, the next night on Raw, uh, we have Natalia in the ring. Uh, her her arm is uh, damaged from the um, uh, from the submission uh, that Becky Lynch had her in mm. the the disarmer, um, and she's talking about how she had a dream that her dad was saying how proud of uh, her he was. Um, her father, of course, passed away a, a year ago, roughly, mm. and uh, then. Sasha Banks music hits. And she goes in, she gives Natalia a hug, she goes to get a microphone, but instead she attacks Natalia, and then of course this leads to a face-off and brawl between Becky and Sasha. Mm-hmm. Sasha's sporting some awesome blue hair, by the way. Yeah. yeah okay. So, uh, wordplay here, Sasha Banks returned to WWE and her heel turn mm-hmm. was blank. Uh, can I pick two? I mean, it's just fill in the blank. So I mean, just you know, put in some words there, Stephen. Uh, awesome yet conflicting. Ooh. So I like Sasha Banks a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us are big fans of Sasha Banks. She's a fantastic wrestler. Very good on the mic too. Very good at selling storylines. Very good at selling a lot. Sasha Banks is awesome. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm conflicted about it is because um, ever since uh, WrestleMania with the uh, triple threat between. Uh, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch <laughs> and uh who was the other one? Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I already forgot about Ronda. Sorry. Um <laughs> ever since uh Ronda left and ever since that triple threat, WWE's been having very bland women's storylines. Mm-hmm. Extremely bland. Um and so maybe Sasha can come in, give a really nice feud with someone and you know, kind of bring that back a little bit. But at the mm-hmm. same time, that's just another thing for WWE creative to focus on and not focus on other storylines that are going on right now. And so 
it's awesome that she's back, but I'm conflicted because I don't know if this is going to lead to an awesome storyline with Sasha or if it's just going to lead to uh, the WWE creative kind of having too much on their plate and not really being able to fulfill some of the other storylines that they've come. No, and that's a fair point. That's, yeah. a, that's definitely a fair point. Uh, so for wordplay here, Sasha Banks returned to WWE and her heel turn uh, is surprising for mm. me. Surprising is my word. Um, mostly because, um, and I do get that point here, uh, I really want to see Sasha versus Becky. And I think Sasha's actually the one to take the title off of Becky. Definitely. And make Peggy uh, chase again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's really what needs to happen here in this match. Um, once it is set up, I, I greatly look forward to it because I really think that Sasha is the one to help get Becky, um, you know, all of the attributes that make Becky a great performer. I think Sasha can help bring that out of her. Right. Definitely. Um, a, another reason why I, I'm mostly surprised though, is I really thought that she was going to run out the clock on her contract and mm-hmm. possibly go to AEW where she would be uh, the cornerstone of their women's division. So yeah. her coming back to WWE, interesting. Maybe this is still on her, on the table for her where she wants to run out the clock on her contract and possibly maybe go to stardom and, 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 and Japan and, and uh, have matches with the Joshis. Or maybe she wants to go to AEW and be that marquee star. Mm-hmm. But we just won't know uh, until that time comes. Right. Um, so, How much uh, longer does she have on her contract? There's no idea. Okay. Um, I I, I want to say there's probably still a, a, a couple of years left on okay. it. Uh, but what WWE did to uh, a few of their stars um, is that they've added time back on at the end for any missed time that they had, whether it's injury or t- taking personal leave or whatever. So Dick move. Yeah, t- totally. Dick move. <laughs> Total dick move. Yeah. Um, so, um, yes. Um, so if you agree with us here or if you have other uh, ideas of wordplay, uh, how Sasha Banks returned to WWE and her heel turn made you feel, definitely hit us up, Headlock Talk, uh, at Headlock Talk on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So uh, check us out there. Um, moving on, another big announcement from uh, Raw this week was the return of the King of the Ring tournament. Yes. 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 This was one of our wishes. Our wish came true. One of our wishes um, from uh, previous episodes is to bring back King of the Ring or make more relevant tournaments here. And um, I definitely like the play here. Yeah. Um, so we're actually doing a new game here uh, for King of the Ring called... What are the odds? That was now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the name of the game here is that we're going to kind of look over these matches and kind of give what are the odds that the that uh, these competitors actually go to the next round. Uh, so with that being said here, let's look at the raw side of the bracket here, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have one match here which looks to have worlds of potential, mm-hmm. Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. So, what do you uh, give here? What are the odds, Stephen? Uh, Cesaro and Smojo. I think right now uh, it would make way more sense for Cesaro to go over here, mm-hmm. uh, just because Samoa Joe is, you know, kind of doing his own stuff uh, on the side right now. Uh, Cesaro's been, eh, I mean, in and out uh, of uh, of Raw, I would say, uh, but Cesaro's great, and I really mm-hmm. think that a tournament could 
bolster him up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go like 70% Cesaro, 30% Samoa. 70% Cesaro. Yep. Interesting. Um, hmm. Interesting. I, I, so I'm, I'm a little bit mixed on this one here, but I got to take a stance. Um, and I think that with Samoa Joe still being a, in between a good guy and a bad guy mm-hmm. here, um, more leaning towards bad guy. The raw side of the bracket needs more bad guys here mm. uh, to advance. So w- I think the people respect Cesaro a lot more, um, and, and they, they'll they probably end up cheering for Cesaro a lot more. He has a lot more crowd-pleasing moves, I would say. For sure. Um so I'm actually going to give, uh, for what are the odds, the odds are Samoa Joe 80% to go on to the next round and Man. Cesaro 20. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on, though, we've got Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre here. Mm. Uh, what are the odds, Steven? Ricochet and Drew McIntyre. So just right out of the gate, uh, Ricochet's going to win. Uh, oh, wow. 100% Ricochet. Oh, yeah. 100% odds on yeah. Ricochet. Yeah. Ricochet wow. is going to win this. Looking at the other people on this card, uh, it's kind of very clear the type of tournament that WWE is trying to have with these guys. Um, a lot of them are smaller. A lot of them are cruiserweight guys. Hmm. Uh, and Ricochet fits that bill to a T. Um, so I, I think with this, this is going to be one of the, the ways that Ricochet is going to get a really big push. Um, so yeah, I'm going hundred percent Ricochet. Wow. Okay. Um, and that's surprising because there's, there's a lot of people online thinking that Drew McIntyre is a heavy favorite to win the whole thing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, I guess that's what Steven thinks. Drew McIntyre is there to put Ricochet over. Oh, wow. Fiery takes here from the one, the only Steven Grudy. Um, I, I actually agree with you, but not nearly as heavily. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this 70-30 to Ricochet. 70% chance Ricochet moves on to the next round here. Uh, simply just based on, um, well, his gimmick forever was he was King Ricochet. Right. So just like there was King Harley Race, I'm putting my, my uh, horses in on Ricochet here uh, personally to take the whole tournament. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say Ricochet is a, a, a good lock here. Right on. Um, at 70%, I, I, I am giving the other 30% there just because there's always the chance that Drew McIntyre could win on any given night because he is a favorite of uh, Vince and a lot of the other people there. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. What are the odds on this match here? Um, Steven, do you want to go or do you want me to take this one? Uh, you go first. Let me, let me, let me, uh, Uh, brew it over. Stew on it. Yeah. 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 Um, so just, uh, kind of, uh, the opposite of what I mentioned earlier. We also got to have a couple of, uh, fan favorites win here. Mm -hmm. And Paul Heyman seems to be very high on Cedric Alexander because we weren't seeing him at all on Raw before uh, Paul Heyman took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I'm actually going Cedric Alexander, uh, I'm going to say here, another 70% chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Cedric Alexander advances past Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's just not taking a whole lot here. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually going to go with that too, uh, specifically because of how the next match will go, actually. Mm. Uh, so I, I will also go 70-30 to Cedric Alexander. I do think he'll go over here. Um, Sami Zayn, I mean, Sami Zayn's good. I, I like Sami Zayn, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he's not getting the crowd reception that they were really hoping for. Um, so 
I don't see him going into the second round here, so I'm going to go Cedric. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, up next, we do have The Miz versus Baron Corbin. Mm. Uh, Baron Corbin's been off TV for a while, so it's going to be interesting to see him come back here. Uh, what are the odds on The Miz versus Baron Corbin? Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, uh, it's going to be about 90% Baron Corbin going uh, going ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm um, going 90-10 uh, mm-hmm. Baron Corbin as well, especially with him being gone for a little bit. Yep. They're, I mean... <laughs> WWE loves this guy. Apparently. They, they freaking Apparently. love this guy. And yeah. uh, he, he gets pushed to the high heavens anytime he's in the ring. Uh, and like I said, with him being gone for a little bit, it's going to be to the nth degree this time around. Oh, yeah. no, I, And I definitely agree with you on that here. I uh, love The Miz, though, and it makes me sad. Yeah. I mean... Um like I said earlier, they need heels to kind of round out some of the bracket. Mm-hmm. And um, if we're going to have Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, you know, uh, both going over, I think it's needed uh, for Baron Corbin to take the next step. Of course, you know, uh, Miz has Miz and Mrs. going on. He's expecting a second child. Uh, Congrats. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's Miz's time to have a little bit of a lighter schedule here. Yeah. Um, on the SmackDown side of things, we have Kevin Owens taking on Elias. Mm. Uh, you know, who knew? I guess this was randomly generated, Stephen. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen, what are the odds, Kevin Owens and Elias? Um, so with this one, uh, I'm going to go, uh, again, probably about 70-30 towards Elias. Uh, mm. I do think Elias will win here, uh, especially with Kevin Owens picking up the win at SummerSlam. If they want to continue that storyline... With you know Elias being Shane McMahon's enforcer or whatever, I do think Elias will have to go over here just to uh, keep that going a little bit. Yeah, I would say I would say actually about eighty five Elias. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I I I can certainly foresee Shane coming out and causing a big commotion and yeah. conti- and continuing that rivalry there, kind of screwing Kevin Owens out of uh, being a king of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, but this next match though, oh, it's gonna be so good. This, <laughs> this might be my favorite pairing off here uh, in the tournament so far. Uh, Mustafa Ali takes on Buddy Murphy. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for this here. And Buddy Murphy had a star-making performance against Roman Reigns the other night on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome match here. As much as I like Mustafa Ali, I actually would like to see Buddy Murphy advance here in the finals, and I do see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually going to go about 80% here uh, on what are the odds Buddy Murphy is going to advance. I'm going 90% Buddy Murphy. Uh, really? Yeah, he, he's been having a really good push, and like you mentioned, that match with Roman Reigns, huge star-making performance. Buddy Murphy's been on fire recently. Um, Ali is fantastic too. Big fan of Mustafa Ali, uh, but I think it makes more sense for Buddy Murphy to go over here and really keep that momentum going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Gable takes on Shelton Benjamin here um, in one of the next matches. Uh, again, going back because we need a nice mix of fi- uh, heels and faces mm-hmm. uh, throughout this tournament here. 
I'm actually going, um, let me see here. I'm, I'm actually going to go about uh, uh, 60% on Chad Gable. Mm. I think that uh, this will continue Shelton Benjamin's weird promos where he's making odd faces backstage. Mm. Uh, or maybe he finally snaps and does some kind of change of character. I don't know. Uh, but um, because we do need a good kind of heel and face kind of uh, ratio uh, i'm going to go ahead and go with chad gable yeah um with this one I, this might be a cop-out answer but I, i'm honestly going 50 50 on these guys um shelton's you you see a little bit more of shelton nowadays uh but chad gable's great too they're both really talented and they both could put on a, a really great show and i really don't know what way it's gonna go so mm-hmm. i'm uh, unfortunately for our listeners, I'm going to go 50-50 on this one. Yeah, it could go either way. It really could. Um, and then next up here, Andrade versus Apollo Cruz. I think that this is more than a lock for Andrade. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go actually about 98% here. Andrade uh, takes the victory. Yeah, I'm going to go 90 Andrade. Uh, I I love Andrade. He he's one of the absolute best wrestlers that WWE has right now, and King of the Ring would be a fantastic way to push him as well. Mm-hmm. Apollo Cruz is great in his own right, but putting Andrade up against Apollo Cruz, it's really no contest for me. Mm. So, well, we'll have to wait and see how our predictions do here mm-hmm. uh, for our what are the odds game. Uh, you know, so if if you uh, tune in next week here, hopefully we'll have some more results that we can give you based on what uh, these matches come out with here. This is this looks like a very solid tournament, though, and I'm really looking forward to see what WWE does with it. I'm excited, man. I- I'm really excited. Yeah, I am too, man. It's, it's going to be a pretty good show. Um, up next here, of course, um, a little bit of banter here, because there's mm-hmm. some major news that broke um before the weekend i I really did think that this was going to be a quiet weekend going in here because there's not a there's not much wrestling to speak of Mm -hmm. going on uh however news uh started to break on friday uh that major talks were underway for nxt to go to um uh usa network Mm -hmm. the the major rumors that we even spoke about last week were NXT could possibly go to USA, mm-hmm. uh, not USA, but uh, FS1 rather. Um, so uh, on this week's new segment, Bant About, we're going to bant on what NXT going to USA means. Yeah, so uh, I'm very conflicted about this news. I'm excited, but I'm also terrified uh, <laughs> Yeah, for, for a few reasons. Um, I'm excited because NXT is great. And being on primetime television on a major network like USA is great exposure, really great exposure. And, you know, we've said it before, NXT is, in our honest opinion, the best thing that WWE puts out on a consistent Mm -hmm. basis. And letting that or making that available to more people in a wider audience is always a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. The reason I'm conflicted here is you put NXT on USA more people are watching it it becomes a much bigger piece of your public facing brand mm-hmm. uh and much more indicative of what of the product you're trying to put out and because of that uh we know Vince McMahon likes to have his hands in everything and and mm-hmm. re- really likes to be in control 
of whatever's being put out. And up until now, he's kind of just let NXT do its thing. Uh, he's let Triple H run it. Um, you know, and Triple H has been doing a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, but with it going to USA and having a bigger audience, I'm really worried that Vince is going to want to uh, be way more involved with it and uh, change it. Yeah. No, and I think that's the big fears for everybody, right? Is and, and uh, it's it's ironic because a few weeks back, um, uh, one of our previous episodes, uh, for if wishes were fishes, you actually dreamed or wished rather uh, for wanting more NXT, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the is this the right way to do it, right? right. Um, because I think you're absolutely spot on. Uh, will Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon want to get their fingers all in NXT? Uh, yeah. Um, that would be almost certain. Um, the dream scenario would be that Vince just hands over the same kind of respect to, to Triple H that he has with Paul Heyman, mm. and that he's like, here, NXT, you can write the whole thing, but bottom line is, it's my decisions at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's like maybe the fairly best-case scenario. True best case scenario is Vince just leaves it alone and lets it be Triple H's own thing, right? Like, which I don't think will happen in any capacity. I, I, the chances are very, very slim. Yeah. But here's here's where the silver lining is, right? Mm-hmm. WWE fans who are NXT fans, uh, like you and I, right? And I think that there's a lot of just even more casual WWE fans out there who are familiar with NXT. Um, or and, and familiar with AEW, right? Um, they feel as though NXT would be the best position product to go head to head with AEW, just because of the um, just the pacing of the matches, the quality. Um, NXT truly is a third brand here at this yeah, point. Absolutely. Um, and I I believe, in my honest opinion here, uh, you. And when we spoke about this even back in January, when when Headlock Talk was in its infancy. Oh snap! Oh oh snap! Oh snap! <laughs> um, it, we talked about that in terms of you know if they really want to go head to head with AEW, this is what they need to do. They need to find a way to position NXT to be in that limelight, and that's exactly what they're doing, which is great. But you need to do it in a way where you you maintain what NXT truly is in its essence which is top quality wrestling you leave the brand alone right i don't want to see roman reigns i don't want to see seth rollins i don't want to see elias i don't want to see the new day i don't want to see shane i don't want to see any of the crap that i normally see on mondays and tuesdays yeah. i want to see johnny gargano having awesome matches I want to see Matt Riddle contending for the title. Mm-hmm. I want to see all this amazing uh, uh, performance center talent and all these this independent talent you've been signing up here. Even if it takes you guys trying to get like NXT UK people in every now and again. Like bring in Mustache Mountain for a little bit. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, it's no secret NXT UK is going to stay on WWE Network for the foreseeable future. They tape in advance. So why not bring over Mustache Mountain every now and again? Mm-hmm. Right, um, so I think there's a lot of cool things going on here. Uh, we are positioned for a major announcement on Raw tomorrow. 
which is going to be interesting. I bet this is what it's going to be about, is that mm-hmm. NXT is going to go to USA. And I know the plan is they want to get the jump in uh, uh, on the same night that AEW uh, premieres on TNT. Mm-hmm. So it gives wrestling fans a big conundrum if you don't have DVR. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I mean, there is a lot to be excited about, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, NXT being able to be viewed by the masses, you know, not not just the people who are in the know, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I am very thankful I have DVR, by the way. Yeah. And, if, and if you guys have, like, a streaming service like YouTube TV or Hulu Live or any of these other ones out there, P- uh, PlayStation View... Uh, yes, use that DVR upgrade option if it doesn't already come with it. It's going to be well worth your time and energy to get that yeah. as an option, as a wrestling fan, so that way you can make sure to catch both shows. Yeah, one thing I'm worried about with this is uh, Raw and SmackDown right now uh, both go on the network a month after airing on live TV, right? And yeah, maybe like a month or two months, yeah. Right. Um, and NXT goes almost immediately onto WWE Network. I'm really worried that uh, that that will become the case for NXT as well, where yeah. it it's aired and then maybe a month or two later goes onto the network. Uh, I watch NXT on the WWE Network exclusively. That that's mm-hmm. how I keep up with it. I mean, and, it uh, is it is very possible that you will have that option to view NXT on Hulu. Mm-hmm. It's very, very possible. I mean, yeah. I just... I don't like change. I know. It it takes a little bit of that specialness away, and yeah. I get that. Here's the other thing to think about, too. They want to make it, more likely than not, a two-hour show mm-hmm. to kind of take up the same... They want to have it start at the same time and run the same span as the AEW show on TNT, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to have to write a lot more content... Which I think the team in NXT for writing has no problem in doing that, right. but that's just a lot more workload, and you're gonna have to go deeper into that talent pool within NXT to pull that off. I still think that takeovers are probably good at having maybe five or six matches, um, but every week on NXT TV, you're probably gonna have about five or six matches there too. Yeah, right. Or you can just go the raw route and have a three-hour show with two matches. <laughs> that too, <laughs> that too. I, we'll we'll have to wait and see. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited for the future. I'm also apprehensive. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see what uh, what WWE is going to do with it. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting. I know I mentioned NXT UK previously, mm-hmm. but it would be interesting if they did maybe an NXT and NXT UK mashup where you get one hour of NXT and the other hour of NXT UK. That would be dope. Yeah. I'd be down for that. For maybe, sure. maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah who knows? Um, but because we have this crystal ball here, and I appreciate you listening to, and hearing us bant about on NXT to USA here, um, I don't need a crystal ball here for our next and final segment here, Stephen. All I need are these flippy floppies. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I mean, I've been wearing this Speedo the whole time, and you've said nothing about, uh, you know, what, what I've been wearing. Yeah, you're looking a little like Matt Stryker over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that that is a, a wink and a nod here to maybe something that you'll hear in the very near future. Steven and I have an exciting series planned. We're going on a little bit of a vacation here for a minute because uh, I'll be out of state, and uh, Steven he'll be hanging out, just kind of meditating, doing it big, doing it big. In all honesty, uh, playing Borderlands Three. Shout out to my Borderlands players. Hey, look yeah. at that. Um, but yeah, we're gonna ch- kind of, you know we're gonna do a little bit of uh, battery recharging, if you will. Mm. Um, but with that said, we've got uh, something a little bit special here that we've been working on and, and making episodes in advance for. So ah, look, look at <laughs> yeah, just be on the lookout in the future. Yeah. Ah. Uh, but anyway, back to my speedo and my flippy floppies here. <laughs> um, it is time once again for if wishes were fishes. <laughs> Ooh, it's underwater. I'm running out of here in my oxygen tank. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it just got real. I know, right? Uh, speaking of real, Steven, I hear you got a real list of wishes over there. I do. It Damn. is It is very real. I'm up for it, Steven. What do yeah. you got for me, man? Um. So, with NXT moving to USA... Possibly, maybe. Who knows? Possibly, allegedly, maybe. Definitely like, possibly. Like 99.8999. Eight nine two five seven four percent nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, allegedly going going to USA. Um, there's going to be a lot more tapings and a lot more travel. I think uh, they might do it live. Right. Mm. Right. Mm. And uh, I would love to catch an NXT show in Austin. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. So if wishes were fishes, uh, as soon as NXT moves to USA, uh, maybe not as soon as, but uh, at some point. Uh, comes to Austin for a taping. I would love that. And yes. you and I would definitely be going. Absolutely. That's yeah. not even a question. Yeah. They, I mean, I would just... I, and I know that there's no way to do it, mm. right? Because Austin just does not have the the stadium yet. Because they're going to they're gonna have this new outdoor stadium for Austin FC, right? Right. Um, hopefully, WWE might want to do some events there. Um, but... Um. Yeah, it's it's very hard for them to have maybe a major show in Austin. Yeah. Um. But yes, I would absolutely love to see a takeover or or an NXT taping here in in Austin. That would be awesome. Um. Maybe even do something like during um ACL or South by Southwest. Yeah. Uh, South by Southwest would actually be pretty ideal because you could just put a tent up. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I remember catching a RAW at a uh, Frank Irwin Center one time, mm-hmm. and uh you know frank Irwin center is not necessarily big enough for like a SummerSlam or a survivor series but it is definitely well more than big enough for a takeover so mm-hmm. yeah yeah man uh i love that wish so i'm gonna actually give you the prized megalodon for that wish because i want to go see that so oh, bad snap. yeah i know big, thanks i don't know where i'm gonna put this fish big but thank you big fish doing it big yeah <laughs> yeah man um, hmm. if wishes were fishes, right? Um, I wish that um on uh the next uh pay per view, Sasha Banks gets that title off of Becky Lynch. I know, man, I, that soon, huh? I know I hinted at it earlier, but I think that that would be the right move. And then Sasha gets to play the smarmy chicken shit heel that she was so good at in NXT mm. and uh, she becomes the boss once again yeah. and then helps Becky find herself in becoming 
it, going back to the journey to becoming the man, mm. uh, you know, finding herself again. I think that's, that's what both characters are experiencing right now, and I think the shift that needs to happen has to happen with a title change with Sasha and Becky. So, yes, an extended title run for Sasha, maybe all the way through WrestleMania. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I really like that wish. I, I definitely can see that. You know, we've talked about Becky Lynch kind of losing steam a little bit um, mm-hmm. after winning the title at WrestleMania and just kind of being... I mean, Becky's Becky. She's great. But it, it's just not as good as she could be. Uh, so I, I do think that a title change with Sasha leading to a feud with Sasha could really kind of jumpstart her character again. Um, so in, in honor of those lovely ladies, uh, I'm going to give you five ladyfish for that. Ooh, yeah, ladyfish. Because I, I think that would be great. Nice, Steven. And for your final wish this week. Yeah, for my uh, final wish, um, again, piggybacking off of the alleged... News that uh, that NXT heavy will, emphasis there, folks. Yeah, that uh, NXT will move to USA. We will probably get more pay per views from NXT, right? Um, for better or worse, I know I've said in the past that I'd like to see more t- NXT uh, pay per views, and you said, uh, "Fuck you, Steven, That's a terrible <laughs> idea." <laughs> and uh, you know, whatever. Um, but look, uh, I'll clarify. I'm okay with maybe six. Okay. Six is probably just the right amount of takeovers. Okay, well, what if you make this the sixth one? Uh, NXT Royal Rumble. Well, there is an NXT Royal Rumble. What? I mean, th- it takes place the night before the Royal Rumble. How did I miss this? I mean, it's not like... Okay. Let me step, let me step back. It's not a Royal Rumble match. There's not a Royal Rumble that happens on the NXT the I night didn't before. think so. Yeah. But... I'm sensing a butt. Go you're, ahead. You're, you know, but there is an NXT the night before the Royal Rumble. No, I'm saying like an NXT Royal Rumble match. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Are you going with like the same kind of stipulations? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Exactly like a hmm. Royal Rumble match, all of the implications leading up to WrestleMania, all of that stuff, hmm. just with an NXT roster. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I thought I was dumb for a second. I was like, "There's no way there's an NXT Royal Rumble match." What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, man. You're right. Um, no, I think that's a fine wish. Um, I think that they would have to do it in a very special format. Um, see, I was, I was actually uh, one of the wishes that I had mm. here in my my noggin of wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the I, noggin of wishes. I I really wanted. Um, a a gauntlet match to determine the new number one contender to Adam Cole. Yeah, um, a Royal Rumble could get you there for sure, mm-hmm. right? Um, I feel like the, a gauntlet match might be more up NXT's alley, uh, but I still do like the concept. Um, it's it's as to whether or not there's enough guys and gals possibly on the roster to actually do a Royal Rumble, right? I, I think mean, you, you could, could you could probably do like maybe even a smaller Rumble with like twenty guys, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of the full thirty, maybe um, like a, maybe like a ten, yeah, 10, yeah, ten to twenty, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, maybe have like a story where uh, you know Adam Cole's like filling in with you know uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong into positions in the Rumble to ensure that he doesn't face anybody he right. you know, can't. You know, 
uh, do anything about. And I think that could develop a good story, especially if you want to go with a split, like that what they were trying to hint at with Roderick Strong, mm-hmm. or maybe even Kyle O'Reilly for that matter. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting concept. I think it's going to grow on me with time. Right on. Uh, and as with all things here, uh, since we are speaking of growing, um, I'm actually going to go with uh, uh, four pieces of cauliflower coral. Mm. Because coral grows. Beautiful. <laughs> um, so, what you got for me, Tanner? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that last wish really took a lot out of me here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. It seemed like you hated it at first. No, I actually, um, uh, it, like I said, it grew on me. Yeah. So I find it to be very interesting. Mm. Um, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um so now we have Buddy Murphy having these matches with Roman Reigns, right? Uh, and, Correct. And it was a very, very good match, too. Um, and I believe here, um, if I'm not mistaken, I saw it just a moment ago, and I just want to double-check to make sure I saw it right here. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so apparently announced for SmackDown, uh, we are going to have Daniel Bryan versus Buddy Murphy. Uh, Sweet. Yeah, that's an awesome match. Yeah. Um, so uh, it looks like Buddy Murphy might be in this kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of creeping and just creeping, just creeping in to the main event scene here, yeah. right? Um, but I feel like we got to give him some gold, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. So what I would like to see here is actually a bit of a face turn for Buddy Murphy, making him look more like a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want him to actually uh, go after Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship. Because mm. I feel like with Buddy mm. Murphy, he's he's emulating Kenny Omega a lot, and I feel like Nakamura could be the guy who could give him the next step. And a uh, U.S. title would make a lot of... Uh, wait, no. Nakamura is the Intercontinental Championship. He has the Intercontinental mm. title, right? I'm so sorry. It swaps so much. I mean, an Intercontinental title would still that's a, be that's the actually, same effect. That's actually more prestige, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a feud for the Intercontinental title between Nakamura and Buddy Murphy would be awesome. Um, only if Buddy Murphy actually wins the Intercontinental title off of Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Like, make it a bit more drawn out, obviously, but... Yes, that's what I would want to see is some gold on Buddy Murphy to really make him uh, legitimized on the roster. I love that wish. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, he was a workhorse champion for the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. I think he can bring that same kind of swagger to the Intercontinental title. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, ever since seeing Buddy Murphy in 205 Live, I've been a fan. He is fantastic yeah. in the ring. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, Honestly, one of the best wrestlers that WWE has right now. And, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. 100%, dude. Buddy Murphy's great. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that a match with Shinsuke would be perfect for him. Uh, if they allow it to... If they allow it to be exactly what it is, like a Buddy Murphy versus Shinsuke match, yeah. let, allow, opposed, what it, allow for it to what it needs to be. Right. Like, I don't want to see... 
the baby face versus the champion. I want to see Buddy Murphy versus Shinsuke Nakamura. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, and if they do that, I think that would actually help both of them mm-hmm. uh, put on a really, really solid match. And, hey, putting gold on Buddy Murphy, I am all for it. Uh, so, yeah, I love that wish. I'm going to give you a Megalodon for that. Wow. I, I would, I'll take it. I would love to see that. <laughs> well, thank you for the fish, Steven. Absolutely. Thank you for your fish. <laughs> well, guys, it's been another uh, rough and rowdy episode of Headlock Talk. We hope you've enjoyed the review and, and, and the comeback of some of these old segments and the introduction of some of these new ones. Yes. Uh, so we've got a few other new segments in the work here. Uh, in the work here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy them as we roll them out. I hope you guys like Bantabout, because we do. Yeah, it's very fun. Bantabout was fun. It was uh, stress-relieving, I mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm really stressed out about all this NXT stuff. Yeah, right? me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, with that said, we do ask that uh, if you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh, to wherever... Boop. Yeah, exactly, just like that. Uh, to wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or more. Uh, and also, be so kind as to leave us a five-star review and rating, because uh, the more that we can get our ratings boosted up, the more that we can help you guys and get more content. We, all, we Me and Steven desperately want to have a second day out of the week at least where we can talk more wrestling, mm-hmm. whether that be he and I over Skype or whatever it might be, um, but we just got to make the time and devotion to it. We want to see that that gets good results, and we can only really and truly do that um, by seeing uh, you know an, an uptick here in our in our ratings and in our iTunes uh, and just overall play standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, be kind, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, tell us what you think of Headlock Talk. Um, but also, we've left you guys a lot of room here uh, to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, so we would like to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today. Hit us up headlock talk uh, at headlock talk rather on Twitter. Uh, we're very responsive. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always got my phone on me. Oh, yeah. I'll be more than happy to write you back. Yep. I'll I'll try and keep it under 280 characters. <laughs> I'll try my best. Yeah. Depends on what the topic is. Yeah. I might go off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, uh, Might get a Twitter exclusive bant about. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, of course, uh, if you're like EC3 and you're just hanging out at the parties, um, you know, but you wish that you had some company. Well, uh, Headlock Talk is for hire. Uh, so we we would gladly like to to hang out with you at your party or be DJs for you or you know uh, flip the steaks at your grill uh, while you're off talking to your friends. Mm-hmm. I know how keggers can be. Mm. You know, uh, you know th- those things can get rowdy sometimes. You got to talk to everybody. Yeah, too. yeah, and you might have to pump the keg. You know, mm-hmm. keg parties are crazy. We'll pump the keg for we'll, you. We'll pump the keg. We'll flip the steaks. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. But you got to <laughs> hit us up. At headlocktalk at gmail.com, yep. and we can we can hash it out for for any of your ad needs or or other business inquiries or ventures. We'd we'd love to be there. Yes. Um. So yes, headlocktalk at gmail.com. That's where you'll find us. Uh, Stephen, uh, am I missing anything here, buddy? I think you hit everything, bud. Alrighty. I think you hit everything. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure as always. I'm really really excited that uh, we got to. You know, finally get back to some of these new segments and old segments, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we're gonna keep doing that. 
I think so too. Yeah, I think it'll be nice. It's fun. And then, as far as Brainbuster Radio is concerned, definitely keep tuning in there to all the great guys and gals who put out great content uh, for you guys. Daily drops on Brainbuster Radio, and I think Stephen and I have a something a little bit special uh, just around the corner here. Uh, we've got a new series while we'll be on vacation that we'll be putting out, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of inspired us to maybe do something a little bit different on BBR. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. keep keep in touch. We'd love to hear from you on the interwebs. Again, hit us up on Twitter at Headlock Talk. It's been a pleasure. As always, I am the Texas Gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, the one, the only, Mr. Stephen Grudy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye-bye. Later. Oh, where's the thing? It's, it's lost. The button's lost. Burp. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl. I'm a cover girl too, because I use CoverGirl Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation, America's number one anti-aging foundation brand. Simply Ageless is skincare and makeup in one. It instantly reduces the look of wrinkles and even skin tone. With hyaluronic complex and vitamin C for plump skin and a healthy youthful glow. So be a cover girl like me. And me. And get better skin at any age. Try Simply Ageless Liquid Foundation from easy, breezy, beautiful CoverGirl. At Zenni, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenny.com. Eyewear for everyone.